increasingly forced to spend less and less time with our patients due to insurance company dictates. We also must stay apprised of current research findings which are frequently misinterpreted. These constraints create barriers to communication, difficult for some in the best of circumstances. Patients are frustrated. Today's women want more than a diagnosis from their doctors. It is not an uncommon complaint of women that they feel that their physician marginalizes their complaints with tired comments, Oh, you're just imagining things, or you just need to accept that as a natural part of aging. This is not the kind of response a male patient would typically receive, and it's time we even the playing field. We all want to feel good, and we all deserve to feel good. Physicians must recognize that their patients face new challenges and will fight to be heard and they must respond effectively to their patients' demands. In the absence of satisfactory health care, a schism develops when women transition into the post-reproductive years. Some gain weight and can't figure out why. Others might find they are suddenly difficult to get along with. These are just a few of many problems that can result because of the hormonal imbalances that occur over a woman's lifetime, compromising quality of life. Many women tell me that they know their moods are unpredictable, but in most cases, they don't have any control over the chemical changes causing these mood shifts. They can't sleep. They're hot. Then they're cold. They are tired all day. These are also related to chemical changes in the brain. It is true suffering. The quality of life many of these women enjoyed up until this passage into the post-reproductive years is suddenly gone. There's a sense of betrayal. I applaud Suzanne Sommer's attempt to bridge this communication gap so that women may enjoy continued wellness throughout their lives. Suzanne asked me why I thought middle-aged men often leave their middle-aged wives. I don't believe it's because middle-aged women don't look good. The reality is women look better now at middle age than they've ever looked before because they know how to take better care of themselves. I fear that some men leave their relationships because they don't understand the effects of this hormonal passage into menopause. They don't have anything in their own physiology to compare it to. Worse yet, women are often told to tough it out, as if it would be anti-feminist to insist on continued wellness. Add to all this the zeroing out of the sex drive, and after a while some men may wind up saying, what do I need this for? We at least owe these couples an explanation of the physiological changes associated with hormone withdrawal in order to validate the problems that they may experience. This knowledge can provide a tremendous amount of psychological relief. My interest in hormonal fluctuations led me to a specific research niche more than 10 years ago. Since then, my research has been focused on how hormones affect the brain. The adult brain, with all its wonderful and amazing qualities, simply doesn't reach its potential in the absence of normal adult hormone levels. Once you fully appreciate that fact, it is easy to understand the consequences that result if you take those same hormones away, things start to go haywire. Most of my research has been focused on all the different nuances and subtleties of why and how the hormone-brain relationship works, but the bottom line is, you don't maintain your full capabilities if your brain is no longer exposed to the hormone balance it is accustomed to. In the end, women want to make sure they have their brain working optimally, especially since they're living longer than ever before. One of the obstacles that they often face, however, is an apprehension of cancer.
A fear of breast cancer is almost rampant in our society, and my concern is that it clouds our judgment. Cancer is scary, but let's put that fear into perspective, especially in comparison to the brain. Data from various studies shows us that for 1,000 women on HRT for 10 years, about six additional breast cancers are diagnosed. By comparison, other studies predict that these same 1,000 women taking estrogen would result in about 240 fewer cases of Alzheimer's disease. When you consider that 80 to 90 percent of breast cancers are curable today, and there's no cure for Alzheimer's disease, it is easy to realize that at the very least, women should be properly informed of all potential benefits of hormone therapy, including healthy aging of the brain. The connection between loss of estrogen and Alzheimer's disease is widely accepted among brain scientists. Yet, the more general medical community is long overdue in acknowledging this connection. Even more important is for healthcare practitioners to communicate this information to their patients, which will prevent women from looking to the news media for guidance in health matters, where information is often sensationalized, inaccurate, and should not be generalized to all women. For instance, the Women's Health Initiative Memory Study, WHIMS, came out recently suggesting that estrogen increased dementia. But the average age of the women in that study was nearly 73. The participants were also free of symptoms like hot flashes, night sweats, and mood changes. The age of the study participants was not highlighted in the popular press when they reported this finding, however. If you actually look at the data, the percentage of women who developed Alzheimer's disease was less if they were on hormone therapy, 50.0%, than if they weren't, 57.1%. This is a clear-cut case of the irresponsible exploitation of data to scare rather than inform. Whether we blame the scientists interviewed or the reporters is irrelevant. The target audience suffers needlessly. Regrettably, today's healthcare decisions are often driven by preconception and assumption. There is a presumed relationship between estrogen and breast cancer. But once upon a time, the first treatments given to women with breast cancer were high-dose estrogen therapy, and a significant percentage of women who were treated responded. The belief that estrogen is a carcinogen simply is not supported by well-designed studies or biological plausibility. Did you know that in the third trimester of pregnancy, a woman's hormone output is equal to about 99 years' worth of menopausal doses of hormone replacement? Yet, breast cancer is fairly uncommon during the reproductive years. Recently, one of the best-designed studies of women with some of the most common gene mutations associated with breast and ovarian cancer, BRCA1 and BRCA2, found that pregnancy was actually protective against these cancers. They also found that women who started menstruating earlier were not at higher risk, despite a greater lifetime exposure to hormones. Yet the same scientists involved in this study were quoted in the New York Times, October 24, 2003, as supporting the removal of healthy breasts and ovaries of women with these gene mutations. I have examined the findings of many research studies and it is my belief that HRT is unlikely to be a cause of cancer. It's more likely that hormone therapy promotes the growth of existing tumors. The fear of cancer is legitimate, 
but it warrants a rational response. Women come to me out of frustration. Some travel five or six hours to get to my office, which is a shame. But this is an act of desperation to receive treatment options explained in rational terms. For example, one female patient of mine participating in a study on testosterone replacement recently conducted an interview for the FDA. When asked what she would do if the hormone preparation she was taking wasn't approved, she broke into tears. She said, "I can't go back to living that way. I've been given back my life. You can't tell me it might not be approved." It was tragic to see this spontaneous display of emotion, because you know she really meant it. I hope the FDA begins listening to these answers when they ask questions of study participants. I believe that in the next decade, replacing and rebalancing hormones lost in the aging process will become the standard of care, and not just for women, but for men as well. Until recently, the male menopause, andropause. Has been almost completely ignored, and men have suffered because of it. Androgen deficiency is real and can be treated. Most men live out their more gradual decline of hormone production in silence, because they feel it is an admission that they are no longer virile or male. The greatest loss that they experience is fatigue and lack of energy as a result of muscle wasting and changes in their brain functioning. I've been fortunate to write articles for and act as a consultant to the International Society for the Study of the Aging Male. We're beginning to understand the role of HRT to restore the male quality of life. In 2002, the Endocrine Society, which is comprised primarily of internal medicine endocrine.